You're listening to the Five Leadership Questions podcast. Before we get started, I wanted to take a moment and let you know about Pipeline West. Yeah, that's right. You heard me. We are going to sunny Orange County, California, February 22 to 23. We're going to be having our main day event with speakers like Kerry Newhoff, Albert Tate, Eric Geiger, Tom Rayner, and many more. The next day, we'll be then having a full day of coaching to help you learn and implement Pipeline at your church. So be sure to register before October 31st for our super early bird rates and bring your family. Let's hang out at the beach, at the conference. It's going to be great. You're listening to the Five Leadership Questions podcast. I'm your host, Todd Adkins, and I'm here today with two very special guests. One is the infamous Chandler Van Oy. Whoa. I made it back. You made it back somehow. Uh, He is the brand manager for Lifeway Leadership. So if there's anything that we post that you don't like, um, that's Chandler.Vanoy at Lifeway.com. Thanks for sharing my email address. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They won't know how to spell your last name. True. Actually, it's pretty easy. It's with a B as in boy. (laughs) (laughs) I see what you did there. Uh, And the other, uh, I don't know awkward laughter you hear in the room is Chris Martin, who leads up Lifeway Social, um, which is kind of a new thing for Lifeway. And he's been doing a lot with our authors and helping them develop and understand um, platforms and different things like that. But I think you'll find from the conversation today that we are not, if you're listening to this to like find out how to build your platform and make bajillions of dollars, this is not the podcast for you. We're actually trying to get you to engage with the community um, where you live, work, and play and do as much damage for the kingdom as possible. Amen. Yeah. So that's what I'm here to help talk about. Uh, yeah, I'm Chris. I help. I created this thing called Lifeway Social, which uh, launches here in October. And um, I also just, yeah, like you said, help authors develop their online platforms. So um, platform can be a dirty word, but I try to redeem it a little bit. Doesn't have to be dirty. Redeem and, the uh, platform. Yes. Dirty. Um, and yeah, so that's what we're here to talk about today. Good deal. Fantastic. Well, let's go ahead and jump right in with the first question, which is simply, should you do social? So all this right. is all the way from, church, you know, if you're a church leader to as a church as a whole or nonprofit organization. So, I mean, I did, I, this is in no way me saying that I wrote a book. This is, I wrote three or four pages in a book called training up that's out right now. Um, and they basically, this is a question that they asked me, they were like, Hey, will you write on, should we do social? And so, man, um, I can't remember exactly what I said. (laughs) It was yes, definitely. If you look at, um, the history of, uh, Protestantism, the Reformation and how that occurred, it was because of the printing press and the printing press was something that toppled governments. It, you know, changed, it didn't care about social class. I mean, before this time, if you wanted a Bible or you wanted to read a Bible, it was in a special place, you know, in the back of a monastery or it was at the, the only place you could get it was at the church. It was locked away. I mean, you could look at the windows, but you know, it was locked away. And so what the printing press did is it made it free for everybody. And it really did upend governments and everything else. So the cool thing was the same 
uh, printing press. One of the same printing presses that produced indulgences also uh, also produced the the ninety nine that we all know um, that led to the Protestant Reformation. So I say. Yes, absolutely. You must do it. You must uh, raise the cross in in the crossroads of the world. And today that world is found online. Yeah. My perspective always is if God has given you gifts that translate to the digital space, why would you not use those gifts in the digital space to serve people? I think people have a responsibility to use those gifts in the digital space to serve people. I don't think we can just ignore it because it's inconvenient or because it's more work than we're comfortable with or because some people use that space in a bad way. Um, But I think if God has given us gifts, whether they be writing or speaking or other things that translate well to the digital space, evangelism. I don't know why you wouldn't use it in the digital space unless you just are afraid, don't know how, or are lazy, quite frankly. And I think the darkness of social media, I think, turns a lot of people off, especially today when it seems like we're so divided all the time, and that often plays itself out on social media. My perspective is the darker social media gets, the more impetus there is for the church to be there, because we have the only light in the gospel that can really pierce through that. And so I think a lot of times when I run into Christian leaders, they're, they're one of two problems. One, they, uh, they either, they do one of these two things. They either don't engage on social media at all because it's overwhelming, intimidating, it's a dark place or whatever, or they're engaging on social media in such a way that's just unhelpful. They don't recognize sort of the social media faux pas that exist out there. And that's, my goal is to try to help people understand that you should be active, but you shouldn't commit these faux pas. And let's figure out a a constructive way that you can help build others up and serve other people and use the gifts God has given you. So yes, I do think you should be on social because I think it's a way and avenue for you to serve people and, and tell them about Jesus if they don't know already. Totally. Yeah. I mean, people are already there. So we're called to meet people where they are and they're on their phone. Absolutely. This is what's crazy. I was looking up just some stats. It says that seven in 10 Americans use social media to connect with one another. So Todd, you said that we have to meet them where they're at. I mean, the question of should you do social is yes, you can't afford not to do social. If everybody is there, then you're missing a huge aspect of being able to share the message of the gospel. And not only that, I mean, you, you need to lift up the name of Christ in that space as well in an effective manner, just as Chris is talking about. Um, and then it's also been an incredible rise of social media. Um, back in, I think it was 2005, it said 5% of American adults used at least one of these platforms, 5%. In 2011, already, it was up to like 70%. So 5% to 70% is it's where people are. It's, you know, we've, we've, we've said it before, Facebook is the internet now. Yeah. And that's where people are. That's where your message is going to be spread in the most effective manner. I was reading this book last night. Uh, it's a new book called iGen by Jean Twinge. She's a professor at San Diego State University. She's studying, she wrote a book on millennials a long time ago, and she just wrote kind of the first definitive book on iGen which she has dubbed the generation following millennials. There's a stat in there that I just read last night on high school, uh, high school senior social media use. So social media use among high school seniors, 97% of high school seniors use social media on a daily basis. Wow. 90, you, there's no, there's yeah. nothing more pervasive than that. High school girls, when you separate out girls, is 98%. So like if you were to just specifically look at high school girls, it's 98%. Yeah. So there's nothing more pervasive. And so yeah. 
a lot of churches are especially concerned about using social media to reach next generation, which at this point is the millennials. It's the iGen people following. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you have to use social if you, if you hope to, if you hope to connect with them. One of the ways that, uh, now, okay. In this day and age, you know, stats are changing all the time. So, um, the latest stat I know is from 2016 and it was a Nielsen stat of 84% of um, adults in the U S have a smartphone, but I was just going to say that, um, to draw attention to Nielsen. Now, everybody thinks when they hear Nielsen, they think television, but Nielsen actually does an immense amount of research on everything digital. So if you want to know how many people have a mobile phone, how many people use this social platform, that social platform, um, every single quarter they're putting out new data. So if you go and look at their website, you can find a treasure trove of information. Um, so don't just rely on, you know, even the stats that we've dropped today. Um, go, if you're really curious, you can go and look at that. Second question um, for for our discussion today. What are some of the best tools to use when using social media? So people listening to this episode of, of Fire Leadership Questions are going to be... Um, coming from different places, totally um, have different levels of social media proficiency. So we're all in the social media space in some way or another yep. as part of our jobs, but also personally, what are some tools you guys have used to use social media in, in the past? Yeah. So I'm, one of the, one of the things that you said, Chris, was it can be overwhelming is where do I start? And, you know, a lot of times churches and leaders are always like, I can't, I don't have the time to keep up with this daily. I can't you know, think on the top of my head every single day and get content out there. And I would say one of the, one of the best tools for that is to use a scheduling system. So, you know, buffers, a, a favorite of mine, it's great where you can schedule out, you can have blocks where you, you can time out your tweets or even Facebook posts. So if you feel overwhelmed by the task of coming up with something every single day and constantly filling your feed, well, you can actually schedule that out and, and, Another great tool for that is a content calendar, you know, to be able to map out and have, you know, what the different types of content that you're going to put out. So if you're, if you're a church, you know, that might, that might be, you're pulling from the writings of the staff where, you know, your, your staff is blogging. You can maybe pull one of those in on a Monday and then also share an update from the sermon series that you're doing on Tuesday. And you just map it out along the way and you can actually go into buffer and you can plan it out on a Monday and it runs itself throughout the week. So that's a great, there's, there's other ones out there too, as well. So buffer is just one of the, the I'm having to, I'm having to bite my tongue because I wanted to talk about, um, stuff that'll be that are more really more best practices versus tools. Um, we'll get there because yeah, because there there really is people that are afraid of content or not having enough content. Um, it is not as difficult as you're making it out to be. Um, you don't need to you know go sit somewhere and you know rack your brain or have some creative session um, to figure out something great to tweet. Um, or post. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. I would say um, when I heard this question, I was thinking about, well, there's really three different answers because I sit down with people uh, and talk about this all the, all the time. So I'm either talking about leadership or social. And on the social side, I'm usually asking a couple of questions to gauge their level of not competency, but understanding of social. So, you know, for most people, I would say, hey, Buffer or Hootsuite, man, those those are those are great for you. Um, If we start to get into like I do this for a living, 
then I'm going to bump up and start talking about eClincher and Sprout Social. Um, but like an eClincher tool is, is next level. And if you get into it, um, you know, it's, it's the kind of a tool that requires like a demo, but it's really powerful if you, um, want to leverage that to pull in RSS feeds and really make sure that you are constantly having content that is, um, is kind of in your swim lane. So that's kind of a, a, a next level thing. As far as other tools are concerned, um, there are things like Favestar. So Favestar <laughs> is, uh, is a place where you can go and look up anybody's top 20 tweets. Um, so if I'm meeting someone for the first time or I'm talking to them about their social platform or whatever, I'm going to go to Favestar. It's an easy tool for me to look, oh, this is their top tweets. This is what the pe people engage in or, oh, they had this one tweet that went crazy viral, but this is kind of where they sit on an average day-to-day -day basis. The the tools question, I, th I always think is a pretty, it's a deeply personal question for the reasons oh, you totally. guys have already described. I think um, I actually, from a, from a personal standpoint, I, I just use the platforms. So, um, well, on Twitter, I have a tool for Facebook. I just post directly to Facebook and I usually advise people to post directly to Facebook because in the past, and this is getting a little bit deep, um, in the past, Facebook has shown to penalize content in the, in its algorithm, which is a really complex system of how people see content. It has shown to penalize content posted from third party platforms. Now, if you were to Google that today, there are plenty of articles refuting that idea they just happen to be written on the blogs of sites that are third-party platforms by Mark Zuckerberg. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, no, it's true. I mean, we. Yeah, I think I think third-party platforms. Yeah, third-party platforms have tended to be penalized on Facebook. So, for scheduling content on Facebook for the for the accounts I help manage here at Lifeway, I try to schedule it directly through Facebook. For Twitter, because it's not as governed by a, such a complex algorithm, I think using tools like you guys have already described are great. I use. TweetDeck just because I've had great uh, uh, experience with it in the past and I think it's pretty simple. It's actually owned by Twitter. Um, but I like TweetDeck a lot. But I think all the tools are Well, and TweetDeck too is good and, and uh, HootSuite also has a good back end to look at um, your your list. So yeah, exactly. I, there I can curate content. So especially if you have um, a larger following or you're building a larger following, you want to protect yourself. Yeah. I mean, I, you can't even see pictures on my phone. Like I yeah. can't see, I can't see any pictures on my Twitter until I actually go into the individual tweet. Yeah. Why? <laughs> because I've seen things that I didn't want to see. And I'm yeah. like, well, I don't ever want to see any of this stuff. So I'm going to just make sure that I'm set up where um, I'm not seeing anything. Now, on top of that, um, I'm only using a list. So yeah. I'm only seeing the people that I want to see. Yeah. And, and that's it. Yeah. One more tool. I would just say, you know, if you want to use Instagram and you, you want to overlay text on a picture, a great, a great app is over. Yes. Um, that's yep. a great one. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. And there are plenty of apps like that. Yeah. Uh, over is the one I've used in the past. I think it's one of the more reputable ones, but there are all kinds of apps to create those like share square kind of images to use on Instagram or otherwise. Yeah. Uh, Canva is a great Canva's one. Fantastic. Because yeah. it has templates and you can, you yeah. can make the image for, the big three, right? Just immediately there in one pop. Aside on Canva, Canva, I'm, I am a novice graphic designer. Like I'm, I right. can, I'm functional, but I'm not like <laughs> good. 
Canva is a novice graphic designer's best friend. It makes you look so good. It, Canva makes you oh, look yeah. so good, man. Um, even I've managed See? to use Canva to make myself look dumb. But <laughs> the times where I've had a quote-unquote good design have all been Canva. And I've got Photoshop. I've like, got the com- more yeah. complex ones. But if you have no idea what you're doing, Canva is not a bad place to start. I would say Canva or Over. Over is great. Because for me, Over looks like I did it more than I used a template. Right, right, right. On what, What's great about Canva is even beyond the share square space, like if you're creating, if you're trying to create like a blog post graphic or right. something like that over, I haven't used over for anything beyond like share squares to share on social media. What Canva is in my experience, more flexible and can be used. Like it's got, like, if you're trying to create a Facebook post, use this. If you're trying to create, you know, a flyer for your church, use this and they've got like the dimensions and everything. Yeah. And it's really Canva, I think does maybe a little bit more. It's scope of work is a, maybe a little bit larger than overs, but yeah, over has more customization, I think. So what are the best? So I'm sure we're going to have a wide variety of, well, maybe not. I don't know. What are the best social media platforms and how do you use them best? So I think the best quote unquote I'm using air quotes here. The best social media platform varies depending on who your audience is and who you're trying to reach. Yeah. So I think, I think what I just said is true, but it's also untrue. It's true in that. (laughs) What I just said. It's true. It's it's true. (laughs) Scratch that. It's untrue in this way. Facebook is the most dominant social media platform and it's not close. Not even is the internet. So, when it, what is the quote unquote best platform? Facebook is the most dominant and it's not close. So if you're going to be anywhere, like if you're starting from square one and you have no social media presence, you need to start on Facebook. In my opinion, um, I hate Facebook. beyond that, <laughs> I know you hate Facebook. Todd hates Facebook. I love Facebook because I've learned Facebook. Um, and I like, oh, I've I like, learned I like Facebook playing the game. And it's great. Hey, yeah. you learned Facebook too. Guess what? <laughs> Three weeks, you won't know Facebook. <laughs> Everything changes yeah. as soon as you I know, figure I know, it out. I know, I know. I like pride myself on, on keeping up with every last little update Facebook hey, makes. It's I'll one of my favorite I'll do that things. all day long on Twitter because that's where my people right, are. Right, right, right. So and we've had this conversation before. The hallway yeah. conversation we've had yes. is church leaders right. are on Twitter, church people are on Facebook. Yes, I think that's probably true. And I wonder how long that's going to be the case. Well, actually... Everybody's on Facebook. Yeah, that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the true. thing. Um, so I think I think Facebook's probably the most dominant. And if you're starting anywhere, you should probably start there. Uh, beyond that, it does depend on who your audience is. If you're trying to reach young people, you need to be on Snapchat and Instagram, probably even before Facebook. Um, is Twitter, Snapchat still a thing. Oh, dude, Snapchat is a huge thing. Yeah. Now, when it comes to like a marketing perspective, I think it lacks. I think it lacks some, um, especially because the people using it don't have a ton of money to spend, right? Because there's a lot of 15, 16 year olds who aren't going out and dropping a bunch of money on stuff. Um, They'll buy the the glasses. Yeah, yeah, they will. They will. (laughs) Um, But but Instagram is huge. So the the best social media platforms, I would say pick two and focus on those two. That's my advice. Like if you're, if you're like, oh my gosh, do I be on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and Snapchat and all that? Pick two, one of them probably being Facebook, then pick another one and just focus on those two. Get good at those two. And then if you have more bandwidth, move on. But you know the platform that I want to come back and I refuse to delete off my phone is Beam. <laughs> okay. 
Beam, we can talk I, about Beam. I still have Beam on my phone. Do you have Beam on your phone? I have Beam news. I have Beam panels on my phone. You know, you know, Beam died. I know it died, but yeah. it's resurrecting. Yeah, they brought as it a back. news platform. Well, I'm I I'm not. Beam news got bought by CNN. Beam got bought by CNN. It's owned by Casey Neistat. If you don't know yeah. who Casey Neistat is, look it up. <laughs> he owns YouTube. Basically. Actually, yeah. now now it's yeah. owned by CNN. <laughs> So, best platforms and best uses. Back to oh, to the question right. at hand. Beam. <laughs> <laughs> some some listeners are like, I didn't even know that was a platform. They don't. That's, that's okay. fine. Yeah, yeah. So the, it's the main, a weird. The one. main ones, the main four. If we're gonna be honest, the main four: yeah. Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram. Yep. There are others that are popping up and all kinds of things. They've tended to be flashes in the pan, but those are the main. Those are the main four. Right. If you want to throw Periscope in there, but Periscope's owned by Twitter, and it's kind of like a yeah, subset. Periscope's still a thing. It, it is, is still but, a thing. but it's like it's like become Twitter live, and it's yeah, it's like what's what's happened with us recently with uh, the webinars that we do is, you know, we'll have um seven eight hundred people sign up to like watch a webinar, but we'll get double triple that on if we just put it up live. Right. And so we're like, right. oh, do we, should we, should we really do this? Should we yeah. make people sign up? Yeah. That's kind of a barrier to entry. So right. let's go ahead and just broadcast this thing. Uh, it helps when we um, turn the phone in the right direction. <laughs> when it comes but to, that's a best use practice. We're that's the best practice right there. <laughs> when it comes to you. best practices to get, to get on that point, Facebook live is in my opinion, the best thing you can do on Facebook, yeah, right now, really on any social platform, because Facebook's algorithm is rewarding Facebook Live of a certain length. So if you can do a Facebook Live of a certain length, and then what is that length? About five minutes. Yeah. The really the longer the better, but ten minutes is like a sweet spot. When I've been advising people or helping people who I manage their stuff on a daily basis, I say shoot between five and ten minutes. Here's the thing. Here's my. Here's always been my opinion. This is. This is distinct from the Facebook algorithm and how it works. A short video is going to help you broaden your reach because it's going to get shared more. A, a long video is going to deepen your relationship with the audience you already have because you're providing them more value. So, because people tend to not share on Facebook 20 minute videos. No. Yeah. People tend to share three minute videos, five minute videos at most. That, that's, those are the most commonly shared videos. But if you want to play into the Facebook algorithm and kind of get bonus points with the machine that runs Facebook, the longer your video, the better, because Facebook's number one goal in life is to make money. The number one way they do that is to keep people on the platform. The number one way they keep people on the platform is to keep them happy. So, Facebook is going to reward content in its algorithm that keeps people on the platform and keeps them happy. So the longer your video is, the more favor Facebook is going to show on you. One more thing on Facebook and video. Remember that when you do video, if you're doing a video ad or you're just doing a, a video that you're going to, you know, at the top of your page or something that's going to be shared, yada, yada, yada. If you're doing video, you want to think about the potentially including words in the video because most people don't 
most people won't even hear it. Yeah, they, they won't it hear it unless off. it looks interesting. Right. So you've almost got to communicate with words your hook, yeah. so that they will actually listen to it. So Facebook don't forget will actually, that is the best use case. Facebook has an option to you. You can generate captions, and you'll want to. You can do that, and then go back and make Edit sure that, <laughs> make sure yeah. that they're actually right. I think it's so funny that like everyone's. <laughs> it's kind of become like this meme online and on so, in social media circles, like the pivot to video. Like Fox Sports deleted all yes. articles from their site. And all all writing because they want to make the pivot to video, but like even in our pivots pivot. to video, pivot. pivot. <laughs> even I don't understand. It's hey. an inside joke. I don't understand. No, it's he's even. he actually uh, he's not old enough to remember Friends, but you've watched it. Oh yeah, I've watched it. Oh. On it was it was Nick going on when I was growing up, and everybody people ask me if I was named after but, Chandler Bing. And we call you Chinantler all the time. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, in the pivot to video, pivot, pivot. Uh, they were moving a couch up the steps. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know that pivot. scene. Yes, I know that scene. In the pivot to video, we're adding captions pivot. and making people read. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Like everyone's like, oh, we got to do more video because people want to watch video. They don't want to read blog posts, but add captions because people don't want to watch the video. <laughs> they want to read. Yeah, right. Everybody right. wants to circle around. Right. Right. But what happened right. with Fox Sports? That actually backfired for them. So, yeah, so far it's showing that Fox Sports is struggling because of their. Their, their page views are struggling because they pivoted to video only. We'll yeah. see. It'll be, it'll be like interesting to we'll see the long run. All right. <laughs> so after the long discussion of best uses and best platforms, let's go, let's go on to the next question of what are the do's and don'ts of social media? So let's, let's hear. Go for it. All right. I've got three do's and three don'ts that I'll run through really quickly. I'm excited. The three do's are share content that serves people. Engage with people who engage with you, which means the way I say this is see social media as a dialogue, not a monologue. Your social media platform is sitting in a coffee shop having conversation, not being on a stage, in my opinion. I think that is going to be better for everyone involved. And three, avoid unnecessary controversy. <laughs> Those are three do's. One's a don't disguised yeah. as a do. Uh, the three don'ts are... Buy, don't buy followers to look important, especially on Facebook. Don't retweet compliments of yourself. Oh, you're looking at me now, aren't you? No, no, no. Well, I am, but only no, because it, you're looking at me. No, it, it's, it's are a, you it, talking about quotes? No, 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 like compliments. Like, oh, okay. Man, Thank I you. read your book. It looks, it's awesome. You like that tweet and you reply, thanks for reading. You, you do don't not retweet, retweet it. that tweet. But, no, but if somebody does a quote, so we sure, do, sure. No, leadership, that, we do uh, leadership pipeline yeah. stuff all the time. So I think that's I'll, fair. I, I mean, I think that's fair. I've got ulterior motives. I want more people to know about pipeline. Retweeting a compliment is different. Can I say my third yeah. don't before we get back to okay. My third don't, don't try to don't do too- Don't interrupt me. <laughs> don't try to do too much on too many platforms. And we've already kind of talked about yeah, that. Like, don't try to do everything on every platform because you're going to get burnout and you're going to quit. Just focus on a couple platforms that you're good at. Yeah. Okay. So I was just going to go back and I, instead of retweeting, if you like something, I don't get why on Twitter, if somebody likes something, it shows up. Well, which that's is a stupid Twitter thing. I know. And it increases engagement. It, it increases engagement oh, because totally. you're seeing content that you didn't didn't before. Yeah. But well, okay. I think it's I think it's silly. I wish there was a save for later button. Ooh, that'd be good. So that I could, because all ninety percent of the time when I'm favoriting something or liking something on Twitter, I'm just liking it to bookmark it for later. Yep. I'm not liking it because I actually like it necessarily. 
Does it make sense? It's like, oh, I want to read that article. Like, and people are going to be like, why'd you like that article? Yeah. It's terrible. I'm like, well, I, I was just saving it. I, I do that as well. Yeah. Which, mm-hmm. another best tool, not really for social, but Pocket yeah. is a great save for later. Okay. Um, Pocket. So, yeah, exactly. Is there a walk it in your pocket? <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Seuss reference. There you go. Anyone? Right. Obscure. Um, Dr. Seuss. One, one do, I would say, would, would be you, you can outsource, if you're a church or an organization, you want to outsource your social media. If, you're, if you just feel that you're not able to do that. Here's, I, I worked at a church where we outsourced our social media, but the first three months was a very big learning curve for that company to figure out what our brand was and what our voice was. So a a do would be to, if you are going to outsource, make sure that you provide a style guide, a brand guide. You already stole one of mine. Well, we talked (laughs) about this yesterday a little bit or the other day, but you know, for, for the first couple of months, they would post something. We'd be like, this isn't even what we would say. <laughs> yeah. And it, and it almost felt like we were outsourcing. So, right. And make sure that they get the story of your church. Um, yeah, that's for sure. And I would say that's another do is, is especially as a, as a church, it is a incredible place to share stories. So yeah. you're looking for content. The best content is stories of life change yep. and how the gospel is impacting people's lives. Lift those up as much as possible and share those on all your platforms that you can. Yeah, for sure. I would say uh, mm, some organizations have been guilty of this. Don't look, don't decide one day that you need social and find the, you know, youngest looking guy your organization and say, hey, you know the snap face. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I bet you do. You're our new social person. Right. Or we're going to add this to your job. Yeah. Do I get any budget? No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was... Uh, Do I get... No. That was something I thought of as well, is just don't don't give your social media to a random intern, and especially... As much as you, as much as you, as much time and effort that you put into social is the reward you're going to get back from it. Yes. That is everything right there. Pause. A lot of people don't understand that you reap what you sow when it comes to social media work. There have been so many times, anyone who works in social media, like I work in social media as my day job. Anyone who works in social media as their day job gets requested to do contract stuff pretty frequently. I've gotten requested to do contract work before where someone has basically said, Hey, I want you to get me on social media in the next month so that my business can start making money. And this person like isn't even on social media at all, has never, barely has a personal presence. And they expect like in a month for me to be able to get them on social media and get them clients like instantly. And I'm like, you don't understand social media is a couple of things. It's a cliche, but it's a marathon, not a sprint. And if you're not going to put anything into it, you're not going to get anything out of it. That's huge. I wanted to pause on that because I think that's huge. So last question, the one that everybody (laughs) has had thoughts about and wondered about. What do you do with trolls? Mm, They see me trolling. They hate. Yeah. uh, I got to say, I say suffer not a troll. In fact, I I think it should be in the book of Proverbs. (laughs) As a dog returns to his vomit. So does a troll to his feed. So I'm not going to feed them by, you know, slinging mud. I can't remember who originally said the whole thing. Don't get it in a mud, mud, 
slinging a match with a pig because the Ed, pig. Ed Stetcher always takes credit for it. It's like it's no, it's not. It's like Winston Churchill yeah, or right. or somebody. <laughs> yeah, that seems like a <laughs> quote. Right, not our time period. The pig likes it. Is the bottom line. Yep. Um, yeah. You're just going to get dirty, and the pig likes it. Right. So that goes for you know our atheist friends. You're not going to convert them. Uh, you may feel really bad about it. Um, you can DM them if you want, but I would say um, for for the most part, trolls. Uh, oh, one of the great things that you can do is if somebody says something negative, just go look at their feed. Look at the last five to six things that they posted, and if they're a legitimate, if it's a legitimate criticism to which they just misunderstood, or you want to respond then they're mostly going to have um, positive or neutral things in their feed. If they're a troll, you're going to see that they're a troll really quickly yep. and just go, no, I'm not responding to this person. I'm just going to move on.org. I have a similar perspective of you as on trolls, but I think a lot of people, especially in the Christian space, like are a little bit more nervous or scared about trolls than I think they should be, especially churches. Like if churches or Christian organizations see like a negative Facebook comment on a Facebook post, they like want to hide it like right away, right. whether it's like, Oh, I didn't really like the worship or I tried to read this book, but it just was written a little bit above my reading level or something like that's like not mean. Yep. but it's just like a negative perspective. I see like an, an over hiding or an over deleting of comments. A lot of times I, my perspective is if it's not vulgar, don't moderate it. Like if the, I'm talking about like Facebook or, or other places where you could get trolls, not necessarily Twitter. Um, where if, if someone's saying like just negative things or things, negative opinions, but they're not being mean or like vulgar, you can leave it and like, you can say, Hey, I'll DM you about that. Or I'll message you about that. We'll, we'll take that offline as it were, or just off public line. Um, but, but I think if a troll is being vulgar and is obviously hurting conversation or offending people, then I think it's probably a good time to shut them down, whether that's be blocking them on Twitter or, um, or, or deleting their comment on that Facebook post or, or whatever. But I think sometimes, especially Christians, it's like, Oh, we can't take any negative comments on, you know, negative reviews of our church or anything like that. We have to like delete them or, or get rid of them. I think you're like whitewashing it then. I think it can be like deceptive almost Yeah. to that point. If you're a church on your, and you have a church Facebook page, disable the review part. <laughs> like there's no reason like if you set up a church Facebook page, it's going to send it up like a local business kind of, and there'll be like reviews and like stars people can leave like, like they do at a restaurant. <laughs> There's no reason your church needs that because if your church isn't a five-star church for some reason, like someone leaves a two or one or whatever, it's only going to hurt you. Um, so just that's like a strategy, best practice thing. Like if you're setting up a church Facebook page, I don't think yeah. there's any reason you need the like starred review section. Yeah. And somewhere in a dark, dark basement, his mother's basement. There's a troll, right? Who is just putting church in the search bar, yeah, to see uh, how many churches in an hour he can give a one star to, right? Because yep. he's was offended in some way by a church or a church person, right? So there's no reason to even put that. Up. Yeah, yeah, I think you're. Available. I think you're leaving yourself to undue criticism. Yeah. The the last thing I would say on that, and you guys have basically already hit it is just know the difference between someone who's truly upset yeah. and a troll. Yeah. And if they're truly upset, learn from your mistakes, figure out how you can make it right. Right. And those, those don't often come over social media. Hopefully right. those become face to face. So, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you want to take it off 
offline. If they aren't willing to take it offline, it just means that they're there for the show. Right. We can they hide be behind there. social media very easily and say yeah. whatever we want. Yeah. Even if you're using your real name. People, right. Yeah. People always used to say back in the early days of social media when I was in like middle school, they were like, oh, it's just because they're anonymous. Like people say whatever if they're anonymous. Have you been on Facebook recently? <laughs> yeah. People will say anything <laughs> tied to their face. Yeah. Um, it, the anonymity, like Twitter has shown us that the anonymity will get people to do some really mean, dumb stuff because Twitter's a lot easier to be anonymous on. Oh, totally. Facebook's harder to be anonymous on, but people still do that same mean stuff. It's kind of sad. Yeah. But well, to circle back around, the church needs to be there. Christians <laughs> need to be there. Yeah, that, should the dark de- space. that shouldn't deter us from being there. Good deal. So you've been listening to the five leadership questions. Everything that we have talked about today will be in the show notes. And we would also ask that you would go on iTunes and leave us a rating and review to help more people find us. Uh, also, you could just expedite the process and tweet it, uh, post it on Facebook or Instagram. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Five Leadership Questions podcast. Be sure to join us in California this February for Pipeline West. If you register you and your team soon, then you can take advantage of the super early bird pricing. Once again, that's myleadershippipeline.com. We'll see you there.